Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Breaking news, James Scott is exiting Days of Our Lives and breaking down this year's Daytime Emmy nominations today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey everybody, I'm Dan Kroll. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. We've got a big show for you this week. As we hit the airwaves today, there's breaking news, and it's a big one. James Scott is exiting his role as EJ DeMera on Days of Our Lives. What are your thoughts? You know, are you expecting this? Are you shocked completely? We'll be taking your calls all hour long at 866-472-5788. You can also share your thoughts on Twitter at Soap Central and on our official Facebook page. There's also other big news to discuss this week. She wants two Emmys for her work on The Young and the Restless, but now Michelle Stafford is part of the General Hospital cast, and they did so uh, in announcing that in a very top-secret and shocking way. What is The Young and the Restless, though, going to do now with Phyllis, with Michelle Stafford over at GH? And what's GH going to do with Nina Clay? It's all something for discussion also this hour. And if that weren't enough, we also have this year's Daytime Emmy nominations to dissect. Are there any surprises? Are there any races that are just too close to call? For all this discussion, we'll be joined in just a moment by Soaps In-Depth's Richard Sims. But let me remind you before we do all of that how you can be part of the show because we do love chatting with you. If you're listening to our live broadcast, we'd love for you to call in and chat. We have a toll-free call-in line. The number is 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. If you'd like to make a question, or ask a question, make a comment. If you are too worked up to put your calm and uh, peaceful voice on air, you can go to Twitter. Maybe you can find it easier to rattle out your thoughts in 140 characters. Just send us a message at Soap Central. Use a hashtag Soap Central Live. We will do our best to address some of your comments or answer your questions on air. And if you are not a Twitterer but do like Facebook, we have that official on-air thread on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Soap Central. You can do any one of those. And of course, you can also listen to the show if you're listening 
to the archive of the show. Still for free to take part. You can also go to Twitter or Facebook and share your thoughts with us there. Maybe we'll talk about them next week on the show. But as I said, we do have a special guest this week because my first guest accounts for about 2% of all of the Twitter accounts ever created from cruises to books to primetime television. He has it covered. By day, though, you know him best as the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. He, of course, is friend to the show, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back. This Emmy show has suddenly become uh, a whole lot more dramatic. We sort of moved into this show thinking that we were just going to talk about the daytime Emmy nominations, and now we have surprise returns or surprise entrances and surprise exits. I'm absolutely stunned. I mean, and it's the news is so fresh that, um, you know, listeners don't know this, but before the show, Dan and I were discussing it, you know, trying to figure out you know, figure out the details and what it means as far as as far as James Scott leaving. It's that you know, it's that surprising and that out of the blue. So we were just we were just you know trying to figure out what it means, what it means as far as Allison's exit because Allison Sweeney is also exiting by the end of the year. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just really really unexpected news. Well, let's talk about a little bit for folks who are just tuning in. We're talking about James Scott exiting Days of Our Lives. And before the show started, Richard and I were talking about sort of the timeline for this, because with James Scott taping his final show today, by the way that Days tapes or schedules figure about six months. So this is probably a November sweeps exit. Maybe we can figure that out. But Richard... Uh, the understanding that we've had prior to this is that Allison Sweeney is not done taping. She said on Ellen that she's going to be taping through the rest of 2014. So what does that mean? That means we're going to have Sammy without EJ for possibly an extended period of time. What are you thinking about that? The only thing I can imagine is that that EJ will leave the canvas and then when it's time for Allison, you know, we've all been speculating ever since the news came out that Allison Sweeney would be leaving. We said, well, how do you write a character like Sammy off and how do you separate her from EJ? Now it looks like the opposite is proving true. So, so the only thing that comes immediately to mind is he leaves for whatever reason. And then at some point he comes back and, you know, says, I love you, this is a big mistake, I'm taking you away, and he sweeps her off on his magic Demera unicorn or something. It's, it's I don't know, it's, it's so shocking. And, and what really surprises me is there was no hint of it. And unlike Allison Sweeney, where, you know, they came out and they said, oh, Allison Sweeney's leaving and she'll be taping for the next, you know, six months, which means she'll be on for the next five years because of our advanced taping schedule. <laughs> this was this was all of a sudden, out of nowhere, oh, James Scott is leaving, and he just taped his last episode. I mean, how does that happen? Well, here is the statement that was released by James Scott. He says, I would like to extend a heartfelt thank you to NBC, Sony, and Corday, particularly Ken Corday, for the amazing eight-year run on Days of Our Lives, and for graciously supporting me in my decision in leaving the show to take personal time. There's also a message to James. He calls the unbelievably loving fans and says he can't begin to express my gratitude for your love and support over the years. So the question that I would have, two big names, James Scott, Allison Sweeney. You know, Allison, on her big announcement on the Ellen show, she'd sort of joked that she would love to have a big, explosive exit for her character, for Sammy. And now you have James Scott leaving his EJ 
your scenario, which I like and I think makes perfect sense, having James exit now but come back to help usher uh, Allison Sweeney out of the show, let's just step away from that for a minute, Richard. And what are the possibilities that one or more of these characters could be uh, written off permanently? You know, could they, would Days ever consider killing off EJ or Sammy? Because, you know, it's one of those things where both uh, actors are pretty well thought of in those roles, and I, I can't imagine they would recast it. And since they're both leaving, you know, I don't know. What do you do in this situation? What are the, what are the odds that one or more of them aren't going to come out of this alive? I don't see that happening. Um, just because... You're right. They're just they're they're two very popular characters. They're two very popular actors. Uh, I don't think that Days of Our Lives would really want to put themselves in a situation where, if six months down the road, they one or both of them decides they want to come back, that that's not available. So now they could always do the fake death thing, you know, like General Hospital did with Robin, where they let us know the characters are alive, but everybody in Salem thinks it's dead. But I I just don't see that. What's interesting is. That you know that James Scotney's statement says that this is for personal reasons. What you know, my immediate translation of this, and you know, I don't know that it's fact. It's just my speculation. But my immediately tra- my immediate translation of that is that the reason this is coming out of the blue and is so unexpected is that it was unexpected at Days of Our Lives too. You know, it really sounds like something happened that you know all of a sudden he. It sounded like he came to work and basically told them whatever's going on and said, I need to leave. And they said, okay. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Days of Our Lives is a show that tapes so far ahead. Mm-hmm. We have no clue. Think about it. You know, we have no clue where the storylines are right now. So we can't, you know, if it was a show like General Hospital, which tapes fairly close to its air date, you know, two, three weeks, even The Young and the Restless, um, we could kind of speculate. We could say, well, we know that right now EJ is doing this. So it seems logical to think that maybe this is how he would exit. We have no idea where he's going to be four months from now. That is true. I mean, you would think the way that the the statement and Corday has also released a statement, but you would think that it sounds in the situation that they knew it was coming for at least a period of time. Maybe they've kept this under wraps. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm really, really hoping that there's, there's not a situation that came up where this exit needed to be done on, a, on an untimely basis. You know, certainly that it, it's sad to see that, that James would be leaving, but hopefully it's not where this was uh, more sudden and unexpected for them, for everyone behind the scenes than it is for, for fans. But with that, we are going to continue talking about this as well, but we have some callers that are on the line who want to talk about the Emmys. So we're going to move the discussion, Richard, along slightly to talk about the daytime Emmys and some of the surprises there because uh, we have Doreen, Ryan, and Derek that we'll get to in just a moment. So the daytime Emmys, the big thing that folks seem to be talking about outside of the fact that there are a lot of first-time nominees this year. The Outstanding Drama Series category, Richard, the nominees are The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, One Life to Live, and The Young and the Restless. A lot of uh, folks are surprised that General Hospital is not there. A lot of people are surprised that One Life to Live is because people were sort of thinking that if any of the two Prospect Park soaps would get there, it would probably be All My Children. So weigh in on this surprise of the four nominees for Outstanding Drama Series. 
Uh, you know, where do you start? I mean, it's so odd to me that we only have four soaps left, and four soaps made the cut, but one of them <laughs> was not one of the four soaps we have left. Uh, that just That's a little bit mind-boggling to me. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what happened here, but it's interesting to me that not only was General Hospital left out of best best show, they were left out of best writing, and they were left out of best directing. And let's face it, General Hospital always wins best directing because, you know, they always have big events that they submit. Uh, it's, it's a little bit odd to me. I, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who goes off on conspiracy theory things. <laughs> I do, I, my first thought is, you know, and I know people are going to shoot me for saying it, but that's why I'm here. My first thought is that, you know, General Hospital is a completely different soap than the other shows that are nominated. General Hospital has become, over the last, you know, two or three years, has become the kind of show where people rip off their faces and, you know, a lot of kind of borderline sci-fi plots. People, you know, Robin left the canvas to go save people who were frozen and that's a little bit passions-esque and we all know how passions fared over the years in the Emmy categories. So, you know, maybe it has something to do with the fact that it's sort of gotten away from, you know, the, the, what we think of as solid daytime, traditional daytime soap. I mean, that's just my personal theory. You know, Charlie, Charlie, my office mate and best friend kind of, kind of joked and said, well, Maybe if they had submitted in the, you know, in the daytime cartoon category, they would have, they would have done better because it is sort of, you know, it's a show that's thriving right now on shocks and on sort of shock and awe and less on relationships and things like that, that we think of as a traditional soap. Well, that's your opinion on that. Oh, let's yes, it's my head, opinion. And, so the phone and again, lines. It's just, it's just off the top of my head. Well, let's, let's head to the phone lines because we have a caller from Virginia who uh, wants to talk about, in her words, GH being snubbed. So let's bring in Doreen. Doreen, Hi. welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. How yeah, are you? I, I think I'm fine, thank you. I think they were snubbed because I guess people don't like the way they're writing the show anymore. I mean, they're not going back to the main, the way, uh, take for example, they killed, a, a, why did they bring A.J. Quatermain back just to have him be killed? They're not going back to the core families of the soap. The only thing they're doing is he's writing in his favorite people, and he's doing things that are not what the soap used to be. Well, let no, me ask not- you, with, with that, Doreen, um, and, and a lot of people are saying that, for, for this, the AJ, you know, that happened in this calendar year. Let's go back to 2013, which is the stuff that the, this year's Emmy nominations are based on. Is there okay. anything for you that you think was a high point? What was your high point that, for that year that General Hospital should have been most proud of in terms of their work. And then we'll, we'll go from there about well, some of the other things. Me, uh, and I'll tell you the truth, I really stopped watching it because he stopped veering away from the actual core of what was going on with the soap when he brought the people from One Life to Live and gave them different character names because One Life, the people from Fostick Park, decided that they couldn't use Star or any of those other names. I mean, I would like Sonny back to being the Mob King instead of him being uh, sleeping with one son's 
killing one son's bloody Kogan and sleeping with the other son's girlfriend. You know, a, they're veering away from his character way too much for me. Does that make you worried that perhaps at some point in time, Sonny would be written out? Yes. It's making me think that they brought them in. Like, I used to go to the studio, One Life to Live. So when the people, when the people were, when the show was canceled, they didn't even know what was going on. But they thought that that the three soaps were a package deal that Prospect Park brought all three soaps. So I think, personally, they moved it from 3 o'clock to 2 o'clock so that they would get people saying, well, I can't watch this, I have to watch something else, that they were hoping that GH was canceled. I'm thinking they're trying to get rid of the core stars. Why are you doing this? Like yesterday, I was like in total shock that Michelle Stafford is on there. Well, we're going to be talking about Michelle Stafford in a bit, but uh, Doreen, I want to go and take some of these other callers. So thank you for your thoughts on General Hospital and the Emmys. We're certainly going to be discussing that in just a couple of bits here also. Richard, let you weigh in quickly on what Doreen had to say. Do you think that maybe that is some of the reason that some of the GH storyline aspects were not nominated because it's moved away from what the show had been doing in the past? Well... Um, first, I don't believe that the move to 2 o'clock was part of a move to cancel the show. Um, if, if ABC wanted to cancel the show, they would have canceled, would have canceled the, show, the show, period. Right. They have no, they had no, you know, they didn't have to play a game to cancel the show. They didn't play a game with One Life to Live and All My Children. If they, you know, they, they, they proved to Dayton fans that if they wanted it gone, it would have been gone. So I don't think that there was any, you know, kind of conspiracy game going on there. The, the hard thing is we don't know exactly... Are, you don't know who exactly the judges are. And are the judges doing what they're supposed to do, which I never really agreed with anyway, but which is voting only on the submitted episodes, or do they go in, you know, sort of familiar with the shows, familiar with, with the entire story? Because while I'm sure that this was not what anything related to what General Hospital submitted, when I think of last year, and I think of sort of some of the stories they did, one of the things that really stands out is the pickle, pickle, you know, the pickle war, the relish war. And that does not, and that does not stand out in a positive way. That stands out in a bad way. Uh, You know, and that sort of is emblematic of a problem that a, a lot of people seem to have with GH right now. And that is that they, they, when they find something that works, because when that story started, you know, we were all like, oh, Pickle Isla, that's a nice throwback. They sort of beat the dead horse. Same thing with, you know, this year we've got, you know, Spencer, Nicholas Brechtel is an adorable kid. And Spencer was cute. But is he cute enough that we should be getting, you know, as much of this child written like an adult as we are? There's, there's such a thing as moderation, and I think that that might be a problem but we don't know what the judges are judging, you know, well, and we don't know, or I should say, we don't know if they're judging by the material that they that was submitted or if they're familiar enough and they're judging it overall and saying, yeah, the show as a whole doesn't work for me. Well, Carolyn Hinsey on her Tainted Dreams website, uh, she's, of course, part of Tainted Dreams, the series, which was nominated in the New Approaches category this year. She did talk to David Michaels, who's the senior executive director of Natus, and he told her 
any entertainment professional can vote in the lead program categories. If they follow the rules, they are supposed to judge purely by the episodes submitted, not by the shows they may have watched all year. I realize that's a bit like the jury being told to disregard the last statement. So that's his explanation in terms of who's voting on the lead program, the Outstanding Drama Series category. It's anyone for the entertainment profession, but we're going to continue. Uh, We'll talk about that in a bit. I want to get to some of these other callers who've been patiently waiting for us to get to them. We're going to go to Tennessee for a call from Derek. Derek, welcome to Soap Central Live. I understand you'd like to talk about the Emmys. Yes. What are your thoughts? What What was your reaction when you heard this year's Daytime Emmy nominations? Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you confused? Well, when I saw the nominations, I was like, yes, Y&R Clean House. I am a big Y&R fan, so I was so happy that they got a whopping, how much, how many, 26, 28 26. nominations? I believe that's how many nominations they got. Um, Sharon Case, I don't know why she didn't get nominated for lead actress, because I thought she handled that bipolar storyline excellent. Um. I'm also happy for Bo and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives, too. Those are the three soaps that I um, really watch. Um, as far as G.H. being snubbed, I'm, I was kind of shocked, but in a way I was kind of glad, <laughs> which is very bad on my part. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't have said that, but I was kind of um, shocked that G.H. was snubbed for drama, writing, and directing. Yeah, I agree. I think that really was a big surprise. With all of those, and I mean, the three of the the current soaps you are watching, is there anyone in particular in any of the acting categories that you maybe are pulling for more than the others? Okay, we can tell you right now, Billy Miller got lead actor. I don't see anyone else winning lead actor but Billy Miller, because he really brought that Delia death storyline. Um as far as lead actress, it's a t- um, toss-up between Eileen Davison and Heather Tom because I've heard both of them submitted really good reels. But after seeing what Heather Tom actually submitted, and I've actually saw that episode, I have a strange feeling Heather Tom's going to get her third lead actress win. Unless if it's a tie between her and Eileen. A tie would actually, I, I think, would make a lot of people happy. I'm, I'm hearing, Derek, a lot of people who are, are feeling sort of the same way. Let's go to, a, a before we, we let you go and move on to some of the calls, let's go to the outstanding, oh, let's do outstanding supporting actress because there are, uh, there are three young and the restless nominees, Melissa Claire Egan, Amelia Heinley, Elizabeth Hendrickson, also nominated alongside of Jane Elliott from General Hospital and Kelly Sullivan, who's no longer on General Hospital, but she did get the nomination. Any of those five ladies that uh, stand out to you that you think might have an edge? Well, again, I don't watch GH, so I haven't seen those two actress um, reels. But as far as Y&R, I really hope Liz Hendrickson gets it. Um, Because like Billy Miller, she really rocked that Delia's death storyline. And Amelia Heinley also showed a lot of depth in that storyline, too. Um, and I love Melissa Claire Egan, but I'm going to go with Liz Hendrickson. All right. Well, I appreciate your expert predictions as a fan, Derek. I'm going to let you go so we can move on to some of the other callers. But thank you so much for calling in and taking part in today's show. Thank you. 
Richard, one of the things in that supporting actress category that that comes up to me that I've always noticed is that it seems sometimes after a performer announces that they're leaving a show after being nominated before and four and four and four, sometimes they end up winning. And two of those nominees, well, one is no longer with the show. One is wrapping it up. We're talking about Kelly Sullivan and and, uh, uh, Elizabeth Hendrickson. What are your thoughts? What do you think in that particular supporting actress category? As always, it really does come down to what they submit. We have seen, and we've, we talked about this last year and who knows, maybe the year before, we have seen excellent actors submit horrible material, you know, where it's just like, what the heck were you thinking? And we've seen, we've seen actors who you might not expect to win walk away winners because of what they submitted. Um, I haven't seen all of the reels yet. I shouldn't say, I mean, it's weird because I've seen all of the episodes because I basically watch every episode of, of everything, but we, but I don't know yet what everyone has submitted off, off the cuff. I agree with Derek that um, it comes down to, for me, Elizabeth Hendrickson and Eileen Davidson. I would be happy with either of them winning. I, I, I just, my personal, I, I kind of personally think that Eileen Davidson would be my pick, but Kristen's story tends to be a little more over the top than did Chloe's story where we're dealing with, you know, the death of a child. So it just depends. Does the death of a child bum the viewers out or does, or, you know, and then so they go for over the top or do they like the over the top? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a toss-up for those two. The one thing I want to say and the one thing that in, of all the nominations, the one that stood out to me the most as being, you know, wow, I can't believe it's not there I can't believe Maura West didn't get a nomination. I, I mean, agree. If you, look at, if you look at last year, if you look at every single year-end roundup from all the magazines, all the you know, websites and everything, Maura West was signaled at, singled out as you know, Ava being the character of the year, her performance being just so, you know, you couldn't take your eyes off it. I don't understand how Maura West did not end up with a nomination. I don't understand that either, but possibly one of our callers will understand this. We're going to head down to Georgia for a call, I believe, from Ryan. Welcome to Soap Central Live. Uh, Dan and uh, Richard, um, I, I guess, uh, how, how, how are you, Richard? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I guess, I don't even know where to begin, I guess, for the daytime Emmy thing, Um First of all, you know, I'm I'm really surprised that General Hospital didn't get the nomination for the writing team or directing team. I'm also surprised that, as Richard was saying, that Maura West did not get a nominee because she was an awesome actress. I mean, even um, even uh, Nancy Lee Grant. I mean, she also has put on a great performance this year and and last year. And I mean, I'm actually surprised General Hospital was not even in the lead actress category. I mean, none, none of the uh, characters from, or stars from that show got in that category. And also, um, I kind of predict, I don't know why, but I kind of predict Jane Elliott to take the supporting actress um, nominee. And I also, also in the in the young, young actress nominee category where you've got, um, where you have Summer from Young and the Restless, and you have Hope from Bold and the Beautiful, Kiki from uh, General Hospital, 
And then there's somebody else in there, but I can't remember who it is. It's That's let me. I'll read a, them off to you quick. It's the outstanding okay, younger okay. actress nominees are Kristen Alderson, Kiki Jerome, General uh, Hospital, Lindsay Godfrey, Caroline Spencer, The Bold and the Beautiful, Hunter King, Summer Newman, The Young and the Restless, Kim Matula, Hope Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful, and Kelly Missile, Danielle from One Life to Live. So One Life to Live managed to sneak in a. a don't make it in, in, that makes it sound bad, but One Life to Live was able to overcome all of the obstacles that they may have faced and get an acting nomination in the Outstanding Younger Actress category. Okay, well, see, see with that, uh, I, it's, it's kind of hard to choose between any of them except for, the, I mean, because all of them, I mean, it's surprising that One Life to Live got in there and uh, Kelly Missile got in there and got a nominee, but it's kind of hard to choose when you come down to the position between Kristen Alderson and um, the lady that plays Hope, because I mean they do such good, you know, they do such a good job with their character and stuff on the shows. I mean, you got Bold and Beautiful, you got Hope with Liam and Wyatt and all that stuff, and then you got Kiki on GH. But one of the other things that um, I wanted to mention earlier, I noticed the caller called in. They were talking about GH has kind of let go of the relationship point of view of the show, and I've, I've kind of noticed that myself. And I don't know if that that may be a reason why they didn't get um, nominated for outstanding directing or writing because they haven't been focusing on you know all the relationships and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but that's just my point of view, Dan. Well, thank you, Brian. You know, I love when you call in. Uh, I love that you're able to share your opinions. And, you know, as we, we move forward and talk about more of this stuff, we'll hopefully answer some of your questions and some of everyone else's. But I want to thank you for calling in this week. You're welcome. Richard, let's address an elephant in the room, kind of, sort of. I have not put on that much weight. <laughs> you have not. Uh, I, I have a clip that we'll play in a second. But for this, in the past when... Ron Carlovati and Frank Valentini were with One Life to Live. There were times where the you know fans and websites and and the magazines declared that One Life to Live was the best show. And then when it came to the Emmys, somehow they ended up not getting the nominations that people thought that they would. And a lot of it really does come down to episode choice. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it, is it possible that? In spite of the fact that General Hospital is or is not, depending upon you know your your stance, the best show on television, is it just possible that out of those what three hundred episodes or so, they just picked the ones that didn't resonate with with fans? And you know, and what do you do with that? Do you keep a, a tab on Twitter and, and Facebook to see what episodes are getting the best response? Or do you just go with your, your own gut feeling, do you think, and, and pick the ones that you're the most proud of? Well, honestly, I think there's just something about an Emmy episode that you can tell. It's, it's, a, it's the right thing. Um, it's interesting because, you know, this year they have the special category for uh, basically for web soaps. And uh, Michael Caruso, who does Divanity, is a pal of mine. And when it came time to pick episodes, he told me what he was going to submit. And uh, honestly, I told him no. I said, no, that, that is not the right episode because 
you know, you have another episode from early, two episodes before that, I think it was. I said it sets up everything. It's perfect. It's it's if you have never seen the show, which which I think you should always do. You should always assume that someone doesn't know your show and is judging it through fresh eyes. It's the perfect episode. It it, it mentors them, and you know, not for nothing, but he got an Emmy nom with it. Uh, no, I'm not saying that all these people should be calling me and <laughs> letting me pick their their episodes. But General Hospital tends to pick episodes that are sort of, you know, event episodes. And those may not necessarily, for example, if you submit the Nurses Bowl, let's say, the Nurses Bowl is something that fans love. Fans absolutely love that. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to translate to a Emmy-worthy episode for a panel. A panel is not looking at things the same way that fans do. Uh, you know, a panel is looking for certain criteria that we expect of a outstanding drama. And so it could very, very well be that, yes, that they just simply picked the wrong episodes. I seem to remember that during one of the final years of One Life to Live, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of the episodes they submitted in numerous categories was uh, had a lot of stuff with, like, fraternity or fraternity row. I was not a fan of Fraternity Row stuff. I know everybody out there was raving about it. To me, it came off as very cartoonish. It came off as, you know, if I was a viewer who who looked at that, if I, if I looked at that through fresh eyes, I would say, what the heck is this? It just, you know, it was not appealing to me as a longtime soap viewer. I got that One Life to Live fans saw it as, a, as an inside joke but I didn't think that it was a good idea to submit that for an Emmy. Uh, so it wasn't particularly surprising to me that it didn't win. So, yeah, it does. We've said it before, and, you know, it's always true. It always comes down to episode selection and, and knowing, you know, sort of having a feel for not what the fans would vote for, but what Emmy voters are going to look for. And that's what I did last year with my predictions, and I – got all of them right last year and that's that's not for self praise but i stopped looking at them but, but, from the but while we're talking about it you you, you did get them all right you know, <laughs> I, uh, we're not we're not putting you on a pedestal or anything but if there happens to be a pedestal nearby <laughs> you could step on <laughs> if you hear any loud crashes it's me falling off of my pedestal sometime during it's the last half of the show <laughs> But I started looking at them with a different eye. I stopped looking at what I personally, you know, knew about the rest of the show. And it's really hard to do. It's really unhard. It's really hard to unring that bell. But I, I want to say that last year I also, you know, you mentioned uh, helping people pick. I did offer some recommendations last year, and I will say that those people were nominated. Uh, I don't know what people submitted necessarily this year, but there were two people again, different people who asked me for my advice. One was nominated, one was not. So I don't know. You know, I'll I'll find out later based upon all of that. But I want to go to a, a little clip that. I have from an interview I did earlier in the week. We talked about the outstanding younger actress category. I had a chance to chat with Kristen Alderson, and we did an interview about something completely different, but it was right after the daytime Emmy nominations were announced. So let's take a, a listen to this short little snippet of a clip. So it must be nice. It's uh, playing tennis, having breakfast, brunch, getting a daytime <laughs> Emmy nomination, you know. Oh, you got it, Chris. 
Oh, yeah, I came out this morning. <laughs> Yay, congrats. I didn't even realize it was coming out. I saw his thing, and then I forgot to ask. Yay. Thank you. No problem. No, it's, 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 um, no, it's exciting. I'm just so glad that Chad's nominated and that we can both oh. be nominated together. And, um, and, yeah, it'll be fun. Kristen and Brittany will be here on the show next week talking about their new venture, Pimp My Pooch, which is a lot of fun. So there'll be a full <laughs> Pimp My Pooch. It'll be a whole 20-minute oh, interview. But That's not all that I heard. <laughs> Pimp My Pooch with a C-H at the end. Uh, no one was, but that'll be uh, coming up next week, and you'll hear more about her Emmy nomination as well. But I, I did that for the point of wanting to also say that in Younger Actor, we have Brian Craig, Morgan General Hospital, Chad Duell, Michael General Hospital, Matt's Eric, Fenmore Baldwin, The Young and the Restless, Chandler Massey is nominated once again for Will Horton on Days of Our Lives, and Daniel, who would win for Best Name, Daniel Polo, who plays Jamie on The Young and the Restless, is also nominated. And, you know, there are... For me, I like seeing a lot of first-time nominees, and we had two in Younger Actress. We have... One, two, two in Younger Actor. We have a lot of folks who have not won before, so there's always the potential for first-time winners. I kind of like that. I, I like to see that the hopefully the days of the past where before we did the Emmy reform where it seemed as though the same people were nominated every year whether they were the best or not and the same people were winning. There was a lot of concern. The daytime Emmys, they made some changes to the way things are done. They also made changes to the way the voting procedures are done this year. But for me, I have to tell you, I, I Richard, I like seeing people win for the first time, probably because I'm a 20-time non-manee. I've <laughs> never been nominated for anything. <laughs> oh, I nominate you for... No, I can't think of anything. See, well, we'll, gonna, we'll work on yeah. that. No, I agree. Um, you know, and I also, I, again, I'm really looking forward to, I always get a big package with all the reels in them, and, and I love watching Emmy reels. And I'll be interested to see, like, for example, when I heard that both Chad and Brian were nominated for General Hospital, the first thing I thought of was that awesome scene they had on the dock where they had the fight that ended up with, Chad going in the water and, or with Michael going in the water and Morgan walking away. I just thought that was an incredible performance for both of them. And I'm wondering if they submitted that. One of the problems that I most often notice with reels, and I don't know, you know, it may just be tough to get around. And I believe, again, it's something we talked about last year and people can go back in the archive and find last year's podcast where we talked about the, the reels and the nominations and stuff. But one of the problems that we see most often, or at least I see most often, is people pick reels in which they're really good, but their scene partner is better. You never want to have a reel in which when the person finishes watching it, they're like, oh, my God, he was fantastic. Oh, wait, that wasn't his reel? That That's was true. her reel? And I noticed that several times last year. It's it's always true. I mean, it's, it's they say in real estate, it's location, location, location. But in the daytime Emmys, it's selection, selection, selection. Uh, I know it's like having that. me on your podcast. I mean, yeah, or or on your radio show because you know you're you. It's me. I mean, I might outshine you. There's always that possibility. But we're going to take a call from a caller 
who may or may not outshine us both. We have Kathy from New Jersey, who would like to talk about the Daytime Emmy. So, Kathy, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hello, gentlemen. I think that the two of you should have been nominated for the best soap host ever. Oh, well, and thank so, you. <laughs> She's oh, it's an honor just week. to be nominated by you, Kathy, because yes. New Jersey rocks. You better believe it. <laughs> I agree with that. I'll, I'll give them that. So we're talking daytime Emmys, Kathy. Is there any particular category that most speaks to you that you feel you need to talk about today? Yes, and that would All be right. the younger actress uh, actress um, category. Okay. And I was extremely disappointed that uh, Jacqueline McKinnis Wood didn't get nominated for her phenomenal acting on the uh, <sighs> I agree. Beautiful for her loss of the baby, which, by the way, how did I not even think about that? How did I not even think about that? I worship her. I would change my life for her. You're right. How did she not? She did such great work in that. I wondered that too, to be completely honest. It surprised me, and I'm looking now at the pre-nominations, and her name was not on the pre-nominations list, so she may not have submitted. Which so would does be, that mean, do you think that that means that the show basically, you know, I don't know how the system works anymore. I really, you're probably much better versed in this. Does that basically mean that the show sort of said, you know what, we need to throw our support behind because, you know, behind the actors and actresses that are on the show now? Is that how it works? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. There are, there have been uh, sort of anecdotal stories that people who have not, submitted themselves they've said eh, i may not do it and the shows have either talked them into it or done it uh i, I guess they pay the the entry fee but uh, i'm we'll have to get information on that that's just me that's just relating information and stories that i've heard uh sort of secondhand but uh I, i'm just pulling it up because that's uh i saw that the, it wasn't there and i'd seen somewhere on the internet that somebody had said she had removed her she had uh withdrew her name um we've heard that happening in the past to others who haven't submitted their name or they've removed themselves from consideration but i wanted to look it up while kathy was talking because i admit that i was surprised that she was not there but now seeing that she was not in the prenoms kathy i mean mm-hmm. she could not have been nominated so i don't know why sometimes maybe somebody doesn't want to be in if they are making a break from a show maybe they okay. don't want to be tied to it or as richard was insinuating maybe you know they figure why do we want someone who's not on our show to win but certainly publicity of any kind but those were kathy you are absolutely right those were some of the best scenes from the bold and the beautiful uh, of last year, uh, I mean, outside yeah. of the ones that I think the the confrontation with Heather Tom, I think Jackie turned in an absolutely stunning and and memorable performance. Yes, yeah, she did. And the and the most ironic thing is that uh, this weekend is the weekend that the so-called Steam Baby uh, loss was being played out, and there is no mention of that on the show. You would think that Liam would take a stop for one moment and say, wait, wait a minute, this, it's a year to the loss of my child. Which Liam, is off, Liam is off spading and neutering pets. He doesn't have time to think about. <laughs> you know, it's worth mentioning as well that, that I, I, because I like to point out that sometimes actors are, are really great, great people. And I have actually heard of people who have left their shows and when it came time for the Emmy nominations, they said, you know what, I, I'm honored that you would want me to, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my name out for the good of the show because you should put people on who are still on the show. You know, and I think that that, I think that really, we think of 
people always think of actors as being sort of, you know, ego-driven and stuff. And I think when actors do that, that's so incredible to me that, that while they would love to have the nomination, they actually tell the show, no, you know what? Do, do what's best for the show. Nominate somebody who is still on. Well, Kathy, I want to thank okay. you for calling in today and chatting with us. And, okay. and hopefully we'll be able to talk more with you on Twitter about some of the other categories. Okay. There was one more thing I wanted to just make a quick mention about, and I can't tell you how happy I am to finally see an indie soap that was nominated. And I'd like to see the door be kicked open a little bit more to allow more indie soaps to become nominated in the Emmys because, I mean, they have limited budgets, yes, but they are doing phenomenal work, so they should be mentioned a little bit more in the daytime Emmys. Absolutely, and I I agree with you. We'll actually talk about that in in a couple of bits, so thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, Richard, you talked about the ego driven, and I do want to talk about the, the category that they created, the new approaches for daytime drama, which is a brand new category this year and, and has a bunch of web series in it as well. But, you know, you mentioned the, the point of the ego-driven aspect of it. And I really do think it's important to remember because, it, uh, you know, we, we've talked about earlier in the show, there are people who leave the show and end up getting a nomination and winning after they've left the show. There are people who do remove their names. I think, though, I mean, don't you think everybody wants to win a daytime Emmy, you know, it's they say it's a it's a, a pleasure and honor just to be nominated, and you know they're there are lying. Have, well, but, but I mean, let's, it's sort of like I don't know. I mean, it's like being a, a pop star. Everybody wants to be a pop star. Some go, you know, everybody wants to think of having a number one hit somewhere, or or having your song played on the radio or in a club or something like that. I mean, that's people have aspirations that sometimes. It doesn't happen. And there are some people who are driven solely by winning awards. You know, we hear year and year and year that, oh, this is the Emmy episode. This is the episode that they crafted just to win an Emmy. Do you think that voters may become aware of that? Do you think that uh, the days of writing episodes to specifically to win Emmys are over? Does it sort of need to happen sort of more naturally? That's a tough question. I mean, the show that is is sort of most known for it and most really kind of blatantly honest about it is The Bold and the Beautiful. You know, I mean, they they in the past did things, you know, that they knew they were going to have a really good shot. And in fact, two years in a row, they submitted these very special episodes and they and they won. I personally am not really a big fan of that. I think that whatever you submit should represent your show. It shouldn't be a special episode. It should be, you know. Honestly, I wish we lived in a day and age when you could submit any episode because because you believed enough in every single episode that you put on the air. But we know that's not the case. You're going to put, you, of course, you're going to put your best foot forward. Um, but yeah, you're right. Everybody wants to win. I mean, heck, you and I want to win. Uh, if I win, and, and it takes anybody, away my whole shtick. I won't be able to say I've never been nominated. So I guess that's the best way to get rid of me. Nominate me for something, and then I'm, I just have to disappear. You know, like the the Candyman or something here. I've got the petition starting right now. <laughs> Wait until after my 20th anniversary. At least let me have my Oprah moment to go out uh, after celebrating a milestone. 
only if you promise that on that uh, when you're celebrating that milestone, you're going to point around and promise you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> Don't be matchbox cars. I'm just looking at the time at the clock, and I want to make sure that we have time to talk about everything. There certainly is a lot more daytime Emmy stuff to talk about. You can go to soapcentral.com to find out uh, reactions and who was nominated. You can also go to soapsindepth.com to get some great Emmy interviews and insight there as well. But I want to talk about the other story that we sort of have tap danced around. And it's Michelle Stafford, Richard, joining General Hospital. It was done in stunning and dramatic fashion. Uh, Just extreme measures taken to keep that a secret from everyone. Even though we were told for the year, uh, I guess it was a year, Michelle Stafford's Nina, Michelle Stafford's Nina. So even knowing that, still seeing her as Nina, uh, I guess, you know, we... Or spoiler alert, um, (laughs) but it was still (laughs) very shocking to see it happen. Well, it's what I always say. You know, whenever, whenever, let's stick with General Hospital because General Hospital is the show that does this most often. Whenever they pull off a shock, whether it's, you know, Faison ripping off the mask or Nina showing up in, in, at the end of an episode, people are always like, oh, I knew that. No, you didn't know it. You suspected it, but you didn't know it. You know, because we, we from the day, from the day that Michelle Stafford left The Young and the Restless, we said, guaranteed she's going to show up on, the, uh, on General Hospital. And, and then as soon as they started talking about Nina, we said, oh, that's clearly the role she's going to have. What General Hospital did that was so brilliant was not only did they not announce it, despite the fact that it's, you know, a huge star joining their show, but they also, they didn't even, like, none of us in the media, you know, we didn't, we weren't surprised by when she showed up. It wasn't just that she was cast, which we had all sort of assumed would happen. It was that, you know, all of a sudden there she was at the end of the episode, just like random, like, oh my God, there she is. The one thing I think they did wrong is the end of the episode Thursday, she wakes up, says Silas's name, whatever, and we fade to black. Now, what you have to assume is that the entire Twitterverse is going to explode, and it did. And, it and did. everybody was telling everybody, oh, my God, Michelle Stafford is, on the young and, is from The Young and the Restless is on General Hospital. So I can only assume that a huge number of Michelle Stafford fans tuned into today's episode to see and her. And she wasn't and there. And she wasn't on. Not even, a, not even a single hint of her. And to me, that's a mistake. You wanted that second day. You may, you know... I, I get the reasoning that, you know, well, they'll keep coming back, but maybe they won't. You know, maybe they only came back to see her on that day, and then when they tuned in, they were like, oh, she's not on. Um, that tells me she's not going to be on all the time or whatever, and it gives you a reason not to continue watching. I would have at least had some sight. I would, even if you just showed that same thing, her laying in the bed, I would have done it again today. I, I agree, I think, and I'm remembering all my children did that at one point with Katie McLean returning as Dixie. She showed up at the end of a scene in December and because they had just signed her and wanted to pop her up on screen. And then I don't think she actually showed up on screen again until February, which was a long period of time. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm watching them. I want to make sure that we don't run out of time. This is a, a sneak preview from uh, the Two Scoops column that we posted on SoapCentral.com for The Young and the Restless. Our columnist Teddy says that she suspects that just as Jack realizes he is Fallen head over heels in love with Kelly, of course, Phyllis will wake up for her coma. But she goes on to say that Phyllis will not be played by the spectacular Michelle Stafford because she's just snagged a role in General Hospital. So in about a minute or so, Richard, what 
do you think the young and the restless does now? If they were holding out hope that Michelle Stafford would return, well, I guess they're going to have to let go of that hope. But what do you do with the character? What do you do with Phyllis? Recast, without a doubt. And I don't think they were holding out hope because, let's face it, Michelle Stafford was pretty clear when she left. I do not want to come back to the role of Phyllis. I'm done with it. You know, I've played it as much as I can. You know, it's lovely. And, you know, she even said I might take some other role. I'll, you know, I'll take, I'll consider whatever's offered, but I don't really want to go back to that. So I don't think they were holding out hope. And I do, you know, without doubt, you recast. My, my only concern is, well, actually, this will be, this will be good, is this recast might go a little bit smoother than the Kelly recast. The problem with the Kelly recast, I love Katie. I'm a big fan of Katie's. But the problem is, what the, Y&R rushed ahead and continued to tell Kelly's story even after they knew that they were going to be losing, losing Cynthia Watros. And so we got really invested in Cynthia Watros' version of Kelly far past the point where we should have. And all of a sudden, now, you know, here's Katie stepping into a very fully developed character. Whereas if they had held, if they had not pushed Kelly's story quite so much over those last couple weeks, it might have been a slightly easier transition for Katie to step into. I agree. But I mean, you know, have, you always run that. problem with Phyllis. But they you, won't have that problem with Phyllis. Phyllis is sleeping. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. I mean, she could wake up totally different. Who knows what would happen? But, I mean, that's, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time to talk about a whole lot more. I don't want to get too involved. But one of the things I do want to point out and get your quick thought is that Daytime Confidential did an interview with Ron Carlovati. And he sort of said that, you know, even though all of us were talking about the fact that Michelle Stafford would be joining General Hospital for a year now, that, and that she did and, and show up, he seemed to imply that it wasn't always a done deal. It wasn't for the last year they've been scheming. So in 30 seconds, Richard, do you believe that they didn't know until more recently that this was going to be a done deal? No, not at all. But really I, think think- that's a good way of, I think that's a good way of deflecting other rumors like, you know, Billy Miller eventually joining the show or Robin and Jason being recast. I think that's a good way of kind of deflecting that so you can continue to pull the surprise card. Well, Richard, I want to give you an opportunity to let folks know, as I mentioned, your 2% of all the Twitter accounts ever created. What are some of your Twitter accounts and how can they find you? Go on Twitter, you'll find me. How rude are you? <laughs> you know, type in the word soap and you'll find me. Uh, how rude are you? Soaps in depth ABC, soaps in depth CBS, dispatches FTC, I, I don't know, a million other places, or facebook.com slash Trelfie, T R A L F I E. Uh, and, and I'll be talking a lot of this Emmy stuff and some of these other breaking news stories also on Monday night on my show. Uh, so people, including yourself, as always, are welcome to swing by Monday night at 7 o'clock. I would tell them to tune in tomorrow, but that would be misleading because that's the name that of the show. Be. It's not until Monday. I know. I really didn't think very well when I named that show. <laughs> <laughs> tune in tomorrow. When? Tomorrow. Oh, oh. <laughs> womp womp. But it is Monday nights. We will send the link as well. And, of course, you can bet that SoapCentral.com's Two Scoops columnist will have plenty to say about James Scott exiting days, Michelle Stafford joining General Hospital, and the Daytime Emmys. We will be 
posting more about the Emmys on the site. We'll be talking about more, including our big Emmy lead-up, which is the Friday before the daytime Emmys. That would be the 20th, 21st, the 20th of June. I just did the math in my head. If you missed any part of today's show, if you'd like to hear it again, share it with a friend, or listen to any of the appearances that Richard and I have done together talking about pretty much anything and, and everything, not just soap, check it out at SoapCentralLive.com. There are 228 episodes there for you now to listen to on demand. You can download them for free. You can go to iTunes, search for Soap Central Live. Again, everything is completely free, so there's no cost to listen to the show. Next week, as you heard, we're going to have Kristen Alderson and Brittany Underwood talking about the new project, Pinch. (laughs) Now you got me doing it. Pimp My Pooch. It is not pinching. It is Pimp (laughs) My Pooch. I will be on the road doing the show live from Chicago, Illinois. We'll also be talking about Hot as Hell 2.0. It is Friday, May 9th. It's next week right here on Soap Central Live. Until then, I'm Dan Kroll for Richard Sims signing off on the continuing saga we like to call Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.